0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى sayyidina على sayyidina محمد سيدنا wa وحبيبنا wa shafi'ina wa الله sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa ومن تبعهم dhurriyatihi wa ahli baytihi wa man tabi'ahum Alhamdulillah, by Allah's fadl, we this Mubarak 28th night of Ramadan. We have so little uh, time left, we have so little time left, so many days were gone, so many nights were passed. We ask Allah Ta'ala to accept from us the best of them. The only regret is those that we wasted. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala accept from us, not because of who we are, but because of who He is. akram al al the most generous of the generous and the most merciful of the merciful i mean allahumma innaka afuwn faafu anni as an interesting quirk of astronomy it seems that there is going to be a, a an eclipse on the uh, on the day of the 29th uh, rendering it near impossible for anyone to actually legitimately sight the moon uh, uh, for an eid on Sunday, uh, but of course we don't say anything for certain until the window for the moon sighting has passed and nobody has seen the moon. And uh, now is not a time or a place in this particular talk to get into the, the politics of moon sighting or whatever. But uh, it's good to remember the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. One way or the other, that the companions the would be sad uh, if the moon was sighted on the 29th because they wanted another day of Ramadan which is kind of the opposite of what some people do nowadays but uh that's a digression the companions of the allah anhum used to be uh sad if the moon was sighted early uh because they wanted to have another day of Ramadan and the rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam he he said that the uh month of ramadan it it doesn't uh, It doesn't have any deficiency in it meaning that however much ibadah you do on 29 days uh, you'll get the 30th day prorated if that was your your intention in terms of reward so let people not slacken in their devotion and not slacken in their uh, remembrance of allah ta'ala it's hard to be hungry it's hard to like lose sleep of course all those things is true but in so many ways ramadan is so beautiful That it's a time that the Ummah is united uh, to remember Allah Ta'ala. Even the evil ones amongst us, we uh, uh, have a little bit of shame and cut back our evil a little bit. And because of it, there's so much nur and barakah and so much happiness and so much khair and so much focus um, that's not there otherwise. Uh, So, you know, let's hold on to it and let's... uh, Benefit from it as much as we can And take a moment in our hearts just to affirm our love for it Because sometimes those moments of affirmation, those moments of love are Where the, where the khair comes from, they're like a well through which and many good deeds will be drawn uh, later on It's my observation in the Muslim world is that the effect of Ramadan lasts for months That the masajid are packed for months And they don't wane down to their, their pre-Ramadan attendance um, until well after, uh, well after Muharab. Uh However in America I see there's a, a far more precipitous drop off um, And so let's not be like that And I'm not talking to you guys, I'm not yelling at you uh, I'm talking to myself Let's not be like that, you know, let's crack open the Mus'haf and read a little bit And uh, let's make the then have a little bit more focus And spend a little bit less time in things that really don't matter and spend a little bit more time on those that do. Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq. So today I wanted to uh, finish the second part uh, of the biography of Sayyidina Ali, Karamallahu wajhahu wa alayhi salam. To say alayhi salam after the names of the Ahlul Bayt is a custom of the Muslims, and it's not a Shia thing. Um, it is a custom of the Muslims, and you'll find it written in the books of the Ahlul Sunnah, for the Azwaj Mutaharat and for the... Uh, for the Mothers of the Believers and for the family of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam Salaam in the Surat Safat in, in the Riway of نافع. Um and the uh, amount of mention of the love of the family of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam in the Book of Allah Ta'ala and in the um, Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam is more than can be repeated and that should need repetition uh, so, there's nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, there's great khair and goodness in it. Sayyidina Ali Karamallahu Ta'ala, wajhahu alayhi salam Ta'ala anhu, before reading the small amount that's left in the chapter regarding his life, I wanted to mention something about his virtue and about his spiritual uh, 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 virtue and his spiritual station. And it's a very heroic, it's a very heroic matter. And that is, he was more focused on the politics that preserved deen than the politics that preserved politics. Meaning he was the Khalifa. Uh, he was uh, the leader of the Muslims. He had the right to be the leader of the Muslims. The Rasul sallallahu left many isharat toward his virtues. And uh, uh, as was mentioned from before, that... If there's any companion who, who the sheer volume of his virtues being mentioned by the Prophet وسلم, uh, is easy to find in the books of hadith, it's Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Part of it may be a, a, an attempt by the ulama to counteract some uh, negative some negative uh, propaganda against the family of the Prophet by certain miscreant rulers from Banu Umayyah. But uh, much of it is just in and of itself on its own, that uh, he was there with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi from the very beginning, and uh, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa he was there with him the whole time, so much so that a person cannot love Islam without loving Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, just like one can say about the other, Khulafa Rashidun of the Prophet sallallahu um, and because of his qarabah to the Prophet وسلم, because the intersection of his suhbah and his being from the Rasul ﷺ's family And being the, the, the one through whom the Rasul ﷺ's lineage is preserved as well All of these things mean that a person cannot love Islam without loving Sayyidina Ali Anhu. But uh, see then, was the love placed in the right place or not? And uh, you see from his heroic virtues that his reign was not a reign of focus um, like the reigns of Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Umar and much of the reign of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu was. Rather, it was a time of tumult. It was a time when parts of the empire were f- in full rebellion. It was a time when those uh, sabiqoon and awwaloon from the Muḥajirun and the ansar, the, the outstripping uh, first. Uh, grade and first line and first generation uh, from the uh, people who immigrated in the path of Allah Ta'ala and established Medina Munawwara as well as their hosts that they had mostly gone and passed from this world and those who were left were kind of second rate people um, many of whom whose spiritual tarbiyah whose the process of their uh, of their spiritual upbringing and rectification was incomplete or of, an, of a, a nature inferior to those who came before them and uh, whose ulterior motives made work very difficult uh, for people that in that climate uh, others made politically astute moves that solidified their rule and that solidified their grip on power Whereas Sayyidina Ali, he made astute moves which solidified Islam uh, as a religion. That it was during his reign that the first heterodoxy in the history of Islam crept up, which is the movement of the khawarij, uh, who were a homicidal movement of people who basically said, whoever doesn't doesn't agree with us is a sinner, and whoever is a sinner is a kafir, and whoever is a kafir, it's halal to spill their blood and to uh, take their things and enslave their families. Uh, which sadly uh, we see crop up in today's thinking as well, um, in a number of groups. ISIS is a very famous, well-known group uh, like that. May Allah Taala forgive the sins and raise the rank of anyone who fights them and opposes them in word and deed. Amin. But there are a number of groups that are like that. The difference between them and ISIS is just an issue of means. Uh, that there are a number of groups that if you don't follow my sheikh, you're a kafir. If you don't follow my way, you're a kafir. If you don't Adhere to this particular wording. You're a kafir if you and and the implications to the Sharia once you make takfir of a person who is obviously a Muslim, you, you label them an apostate. The implications in the Sharia are very clear. It's just that some people have the arms and the means to enforce uh, that those implications, and some people don't, and so they're basically ISIS but with less lesser means, and uh, all of them, all of them. God help us from them all. And very interestingly, Sadrana Ali radiallahu anhu, even though Politically, it was more important for him to shore up his rule against, against the, uh, Sayyidina anhu and the faction um, that he belonged to. And certainly, ruling Damascus is a far greater political objective than ruling some like no-name part of the desert between Iraq and between uh, Northern Arabia. But he's, he, he, he was the one who the Rasul ﷺ told him and said Sayyidina Umar who that after I'm gone, these people will come. And when you hear their recitation, you'll think your recitation is nothing compared to theirs because of how much Qur'an they recite. And when you look at their prayer, you'll think your prayer is nothing compared to their prayer when you see how much they pray. But their recitation doesn't go any lower than the throat, meaning it's all just show. Um, none of it has any share in the heart. And uh, um, that he described them in great detail. There's a great amount of hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that describes the Khawarij. And the Rasul, the wasiyat he gave was when you see them, fight them uh, because they are the worst of the creation under the covers of the heavens. Meaning they're just really bad people, and there's great reward in fighting people like this because they make everyone hate the deen and they themselves are a perversion of the deen, and the deen will not collapse because of any external enemy, but the deen will suffer damage because of people like this, that it's not going to suffer at the hands of any uh, external enemy, because this is itself a type of nifaq, and that's the indication that such people will legally be Muslims, but they will be complete munafiqeen inside. And this is something observable, that there are people who are ready to make takfir of one another over issues, but they don't learn, uh, they don't know a lick of Arabic, they don't know how to recite the Fatiha properly, uh, some of them. Um, and they never bothered to learn any of the books. They just learned one or two issues or one or two slogans. And then they could call everybody else a kafir or say everybody is a munafiq. You know, you don't, oh, you don't preach about the khilafah. Oh, you're a munafiq. Oh, you don't preach about uh, this. You're a munafiq. You're not uh, bad to my sheikh. You're a munafiq. Oh, you're not, you don't follow. Look, you know, someone may not even follow uh, the, the sharia in, in any system. Sense. They may not follow a madhab or they may have certain wrong... Uh, understandings about deen or they may even be an open sinner. but the Rasul sallallahu taught us that the value of la ilaha illallah if this kernel of iman is there in somebody's heart it has value and it's a value that's greater than the things of this world and that we are to observe that value and we're to give it its due while calling wrong things wrong and calling mistaken things mistaken but no these are the people who will pick who will pick Uh, the slightest of errors whether real or imagined out of a person and because of that they'll completely x them out and cancel them that this person is not even a a muslim anymore and they're not even they don't they're no longer worthy of treatment with any sort of human dignity and uh, he fought them instead and fighting them was a very tough battle because they're very battle-hardened warriors and there's nothing to be gained by defeating them they have no cities they have no money they have nothing to be gained by defeating them and they were equally antagonistic to both sides, so he could have just left them and like let the fight against them be taken up by Sayyidina Muawiyah. You'll remember, radiyallahu you'll remember the Abdul Rahman ibn Muljim, uh, you know the, the 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 cursed man who assassinated Sayyidina Ali anhu, That he was he was supposed to be one of three that one person would assassinate Sayyidina Muawiyah, one person would assassinate Sayyidina Amr bin Asr radiallahu anhum, and one person would assassinate Sayyidina Ali Karamallahu wajhahu. Well, Sayyidina Muawiyah anhuma, he used to pray uh, Salat al-Maqsura. He literally prayed it under armed guard in a separated part of the masjid. And it's not heroic, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum didn't really appreciate that about him, that this is almost like it's a bid'ah. But in his defense, um, you know, in his defense, he saw khulafa their blood being shed right before before the eyes of the ummah, and Islam never asks a person to throw themselves into destruction just for the sake of it. You know, if your death has some sort of objective behind it, whether you attain it or not, as long as you tried and it was a reasonable thing, your death has meaning. But just to spill your blood for no reason. Um, Islam doesn't ask that of anyone and anybody who's going to blame him for that let them go and spill their blood you know somewhere uh, to show to illustrate their point otherwise the living have no uh, uh, no right to talk when Naji the person who saves himself how can you blame such a person um, the idea is that he was in the Maqsura uh, the assassin couldn't get anywhere near him. And uh, 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 for whatever reason, the plot also uh, failed with Sayyidina Amr bin, Amr bin Asr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And I imagine that if an assassin came anywhere near, he was also with guards. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu wasn't like that. He was still on the tartib and the Nahjab and the, the, the way of the old Khulafa, the Khulafa Rashidun. Like the Prophet sallallahu he didn't have guards. Uh, like Sayyidina Abu Bakr anhu, he didn't have guards. Like Sayyidina Umar, anhu, he didn't have guards. He would go and like... You know, think about problems while hurting the, the livestock of the Beitul Mal and sleep in the dirt, or he would sleep in the masjid. Sayyidina Uthman, who he had, you know, like him, he didn't have guards until the insurgents entered into Medina and seized the place. Sayyidina Ali, who walked in the streets like normal people did. And uh, the Khawarij hated both sides, but Sayyidina Muawiya never fought them the entire brunt of that fight came on Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And this is one of the reasons we say he's from the Khulafar Rashidun, Sayyidina Muawiyah is a Sahabi, but he's not from the Khulafa Rashidun. The Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu took the responsibility of the Ummah, not only in its politics and its economic affairs, its worldly and temporal affairs, but also in its spiritual affairs. Whereas Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, his point of view was like, look, other people will deal with the, that stuff, but there's nobody more suited than me to handle the politics, which may have been true because he was a very good politician, at least after the assassination of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, it may have been true. Uh, but Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, he took this fight, he said, this is what I want, because the deen of Allah Ta'ala and its preservation is my my goal. That's why the tariqah is transmitted through him, it's not transmitted through Sayyidina Muawiyah, even though we don't speak ill of him, and we consider him to be a companion. But the tariqah isn't transmitted through him. The tariqah is transmitted through Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu anhu. This is one of his heroic virtues. That he took all the pain, he took all the hardship. Finally, they literally, their their uh, swords are the ones that 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 spilled his blood. And one might say, this is politically untenable, and this is politically unwise, and this is politically blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But to Sayyidina Ali, that's what he's here for, radiyallahu anhu. He was... You know, He grew up in the house of the Prophet Sallallahu He wasn't there to see the deen being wasted. Think about that in our time, in our age. People raising money f- for their organizations, saying it's zakat eligible, and it's not zakat eligible. People motivating and pumping people up in their talks with side stories that have nothing to do with the deen. People more excited about their own talks and their own projects than they are about establishing the deen of Allah Ta'ala in the congregational salat, blowing off the salat, blowing off fasting, blowing off eating, drinking halal, blowing off all those parts of the sharia that the Rasul sallallahu came and established, blowing off the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, giving people every and each weird and awkward and like baseless dispensation in the book. Why? So that, you know, for the sake of da'wah, but not for the, to da'wah to what? God knows what, not to the deen that Allah and His Rasul sallallahu preached. And then ex-communic- excommunicating and cutting off those people who are still Muslims, who you're not going to make money from, who you're not going to have any glory from, but who are still people of la ilaha illallah and not keeping ties with them. Why? Because it's politically untenable. We've seen so many Muslims throw other Muslims under the bus just because of the, the stigma that they, they faced as, oh, look, they're going to call you terrorist. Oh, look, they're going to call you this. Oh, they're going to call you... They're going to call you terror- terrorist anyway. You could be... You could be Handing out a dozen roses to orphans on the street corner They're going to call you a terrorist anyway But we see so many Muslims ready to throw uh, their own deen, their own identity, their own dignity And that of their brothers and that of the ummah of the Prophet sallam, And that of the sharia of the Prophet sallam, under the bus In order to make others happy because it's politically untenable And look, you know, Islam has hikmah, Islam has hikmah, hikmah Hikmah is what? Hikmah is doing what the Prophet ﷺ commanded us to do. Doing what Allah Ta'ala commanded us to do in the best way. It doesn't mean that it's like a get out of jail free card that we can like, you know, like cut off and like throw parts of the sharia away because it doesn't fit our political uh, sensibility at any time. If you had that option, then what's the point of of revelation? What's the point of the Quran? What's the point of nubuah, of 'ah, of prophecy? What's the point of any of them? If we could, any of those things, we could have figured them out on our own. So you see Sayyidina a man of heroic virtue precisely because of that because, precisely because he considered the preservation of the deen of Allah Ta'ala and he took the mission of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam personally he considered the preservation of the deen of Allah as a personal matter he literally was raised by the Prophet ﷺ as a son. He wasn't going to watch the Sharia be wasted. And nor was uh, uh, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq before him, nor was Sayyidina `Umar, and Sayyidina Uthman the before, before them. That's why they're the Khulafa Rashidun of the Prophet وسلم, and they're the Mashaykh of the Tariqah, and they're the ones that we look to. And uh, they're the ones that we, that, that we love. All four of them, they're the ones that we love. And uh, we don't get caught in other people's sectarian bickerings or, 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 or silliness afterward. Rather, we follow their way because this was their priority. Hazrat Shaykh Zakaria rahimullah ta'ala gives a couple of anecdotes, inshallah we'll close out with in the, uh, in the end of his chapter on Sayyidina Ali ta'ala anhu. He says that Sayyidina Ali ta'ala wajhahu said, Several days would, several days would pass without us having anything to eat, nor would Rasulullah ﷺ have anything to eat. I was walking along the road when I saw a dinar laying on the ground. I was uncertain whether to pick it up or leave it. Finally, I picked it up because we were in dire straits of want. I bought some flour and presented it to Fatima, telling her to bake some bread. She began to knead the dough. Her weakness was so much that the hair from her forehead began falling into the basin. Finally, she baked the bread. I went to Rasulullah and explained this incident to him. He said, eat it, for it is risk which Allah Ta'ala had bestowed upon you. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu said, several days would pass without us, without us having anything to eat, nor would Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa have anything to eat. I was walking along the road when I saw a dinar laying on the ground. I was uncertain whether to pick it up or leave it. Finally, I picked it up as we were in dire straits of want. I brought some flour and presented it to Fatima, the daughter of the Rasul sallallahu asking her to make some bread. She began to knead the dough. Her weakness was so much that the hair from her forehead was drooping into the basin. It was falling into the basin. Finally, she baked the bread. I went to Rasulullah and explained the incident to him. And he said, Eat it. For it is risk which Allah has bestowed you. So if you have to go through any difficulty for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, don't, don't worry. It's not a humiliation. There's khayr and honor and dignity in it, inshaAllah. A day will come, it will look real good, inshallah. InshaAllah. A day will come, you'll be proud of it. People will wish I had a deed like that as well. Sayyidina Qais bin Abi Hatim narrates that Sayyidina Ali anhu said, If there is taqwa, then no act is insignificant. How can any deed accepted by Allah ta'ala be insignificant? Allah Ta'ala says in his books, Allah Ta'ala accepts from no one except for the one who fears him, who has taqwa, who has fear of him. So Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu who said, if there's taqwa, no act is insignificant. How can an accepted deed be insignificant? He would say, Kalamallahu Whoever is contented with the decree of Allah Ta'ala will be rewarded for his contentment even though the decree will come to pass whether a person is pleased with it or not. Whoever is discontented with Allah's decree, his deeds will be destroyed and go unrewarded, while his discontentment will not change the the decree of Allah Ta'ala. And part of this, people well, it's not fair, it's not this, it's not that. Look, uh, the master is the master, the slave is the slave. If you get to debate with him about whether you like it or not, then you're not master and slave, then you're two equals. Then your two peers, if you're peers with Allah Ta'ala, then go make your own Jannah and save yourself from the hellfire, go ahead and start preparing, maybe you start working out, maybe you hit the gym, you know, start uh, eating less carbs and, uh, you know, eat more protein and, and I don't know, like, start eating kale and, uh, I don't know, have some superfoods. And nutrients and you start raising money and start up an incubator And get uh, you know Silicon Valley funding and R&D and get an education and whatever You do all these things you know that people are doing Maybe you'll be able to figure out this issue If not, if you're a miskeen like me uh, uh, Then uh, Allah Ta'ala, His decree will come to pass one way or the other You can either rebel against it and get shut down Or you can be content with it and know that the fact that you're content with it, it itself is a sign that it's be in your favor. That what's going to happen is in your favor. It's going to benefit you. It's going to be good for you. Uh, and uh, if you, you know, if you rebel against it, you know, you can punch your fist into the brick wall, or punch your fist in the wind, or see see what any of it gets you. Whatever, whatever it earns you. Otherwise, Allah Taala, He didn't create anybody who asked Him and He said no. That's not how Allah Taala is. This entire heavens and the earth, He created it from nothing. And he gave everybody something to eat and something to drink. If there's not a sign in that, that Allah Ta'ala's generosity is beyond all bounds. That he made so much beauty in the world that even the most broke person can go outside and watch the sunrise and take a breath of fresh air. um, Or, you know, enjoy the beauty of a child. Or enjoy the beauty of, you know, tasting something. Or if your tongue is burned, you can enjoy the beauty of the sight of something natural. Or if your eyes are blind, you can enjoy the beauty of hearing you know a bird chirp or you you know if your ears are deaf you can enjoy if you have no if you completely live inside of your head and you have no sensation of anything whatsoever just the breath that you take the oxygen that comes in and the carbon dioxide that goes out and the heart that beats all of these things there's so much beauty in every one of them that you know that Allah Ta'ala is more generous than, than you can imagine, than you can fathom That He's not going to create you and then have you love Him and then not give you that love back That's stuff that like, you know, some stuck-up girl from like middle school that like said no to you to go to the dance That's what she does Entities like that, beings like that don't create the heavens and the earth uh, Allah Ta'ala created the heavens and the earth from nothing His beauties and His virtues are far beyond anything you and I can imagine and uh, Allah Ta'ala is not like that. That's not what Allah Ta'ala is like. Rather, if you love Him, uh, He gives you a love back that uh, no comparison between the two can ever be made. Sayyidina Ali radiAllahu ta'ala anhu said that the world is carrion. What is world is carrion like a dead animal, like a carcass sitting in the, in, the, in, in the wild from an animal that just died. Sayyidina Ali radiAllahu anhu said the world is carrion and its lovers are dogs. Because that's what happens, like wild dogs, jackals, they eat carcasses that are laying by the wayside. He said that the world is carrion and its lovers are dogs. Whoever loves to take anything from this world should therefore spend time with dogs. It's very creepy how how much foresight there was in this. Allah protect us from being from being dog lovers. Inshallah, it's okay, you don't have to like curse a dog when you see it. But I'm saying this kind of weird relationship people have with dogs uh, it is it is really bizarre it is really bizarre and whoever has this lust for the dunya god help us god help us from the jackals and the hyenas of this world explaining this statement allama uh, sha'rani rahimahullah ta'ala said that the meaning of the world in this context is uh, in reference to those things that are in excess of one's needs Sayyidina Ali wajhahu, narrates that once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa explained to me, O oh, Ali, regarding you, two groups will be destroyed. One will be the group of those who become extreme and fanatical in your love and they will praise you uh, for such things that are not in you. And the other group will be uh, those who harbor malice uh, for you and uh, they'll slander you for those things that are not in you uh, as well. May Allah ta'ala give us the, the love of him and the love of his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa and the love of the companions and the family and the wives of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa and the love of the ulama who are their successors and the mashaykh and the salihin who carry inside of their hearts some part of his Mubarak hal sallallahu alayhi wa may Allah ta'ala give us their true love and give us the happiness of being shown in the fullest sense the truth of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a person will be with the one that they love Allah ta'ala give us all so much tawfiq wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina muhammadu ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh